The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program once again that is of course Madrasa on A the Hajj edition I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio and we are urging you to send through your questions or anything in which you are not clear about to send it through on the WhatsApp number as well as the SMS number now of course the SMS number is 47913 the WhatsApp number for those of you who don't have us on WhatsApp yet it's 072 2380712 the number once again 0722380712 and we are of course still speaking about the subheading being the hajj of the nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam because of its beautifulness as well as its vastness i'd say and also because of the beauty of the nature of the topic we are continuing on that note for now i'm going to be handing over to sheikh sheikh assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh sheikh how are you doing this afternoon fine alhamdulillah and how is yourself i'm alhamdulillah sheikh alhamdulillah however sheikh i am now going to be handing over inshallah in terms of having the opening dua done by sheikh ibrahim abrams then also they further on branching into the hajj of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam of course giving you a recap as to where we stopped yesterday. Sheikh, tafadol. Shukran jazakal khair. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassid li amri wa hlul ugdatan min lisani yafqahu kawli. Allahumma allimna bima yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana wa razukna ilman yadil jalali wal ikram. Alhamdulillah, all thanks and praise due to Allah always and forever. And we cannot thank Allah enough. Being the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, being favored by Allah, having to be able to be that great people, great in the sense that we've got nothing greatness of ourselves. Greatness comes from the fact that you and I have been selected to be of the Ummah of this Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Greatness that Allah has selected us to be a people who accepted this message of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah grant us to be able to be worthy of that greatness to the extent that you and I understand we've been selected, we've been given the responsibility we have to fulfill and that we work towards that. And we see our commitment in having established greatness in our lives and greatness towards those whom we've been given the responsibility of being the role models of the younger generation and our, our offspring and our families. Ameen, ameen, ya Rabbul Alameen. Love and salam upon him, his family, his friends and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant you and me to be amongst him. Allahumma ameen, ya Rabbul Alameen. Alhamdulillah, uh, just before we go into the, the, the uh, recapping, allow us to make the opening dua, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wal-Aqibatu Lil-Muttaqeen Wal-Jannatu Lil-Muahideen Wal-A'udwana Illa Al-Adhalimeen Wal-Salatu Wal-Salamu Ala Ashraf Al-Anbiya'i Wal-Mursaleen Sayyidina Wa Mawlana Muhammadin Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabi Ajma'in Rabbana Taqabbal Minna Innaka Anta Al-Sami'u Al-Alim Wa Tuba Alayna Innaka Anta Al-Tawabu Al-Rahim 
Rabbana zalamna anfusana fa illam taghfilna wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin Allahumma innaka afuun karimun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna Allahumma inna nas'aluka ridaka wal janna wa na'udhu bika min sakhatika wal nar ya azizu ya ghaffaru ya rabbal alamin Allah Rabbana zidna ilma wa razukna fahma birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi alakhirati hasana waqina adhab al-nar wadkhilna al-jannata ma'al abrar ya azizu ya ghaffar ya rabbal alamin inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المفسدين والحمد لله رب العالمين. Um, as for where we are and recapping us to the lessons, with yesterday's lesson we were looking at the fact that the Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم entered into مكة. And then came in and performed the, 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 the Umrah. And we dealt with the various aspects of, of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dealing with those things that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to be able to show that that must happen with us where the Umrah is concerned. Um, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then has gone to the extent of having to be able to perform the Umrah entered into Makkah, performed the Umrah, did the Tawaf and the Sa'i, and then said these words, had I known before what I know now, I would not have uh, um, brought the, the uh, sheep with. And then the Sahaba asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, is this uh, uh, a favor that we've been deceiving because we're going on Umrah, on Hajj with you, O Messenger, or is this forever? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam put his hands together, intertwined his fingers into one another to show that the Hajj and the Umrah has now been given the right by Allah Ta'ala to be able to perform it forever, forever together. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Until the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, until the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, everybody who did not bring uh, animals along must be able to go as to what Allah Ta'ala instructed us of having to do tamattu'ah. You cut your hair at me uh, at at uh, um, uh, Marwa. You get to relieve yourself from the state of ihram, and you have the freedom then. And this has not been known to anybody prior. And then we saw what happened to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an when he actually met up with his do- with his wife Fatima, who expressed his is uh, um, the fact that she had had dyed clothing on when he met her and she had indicated that he was not happy with her um, and he went to the Nabi sallallahu because she said the Nabi sallallahu alayhi was informed her or instructed her to be able to do that and he's in his annoyance with Fatima he went to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he stated to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi what he understood and asked of him whether it was the truth he said to us in in various places that Subhanak and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told him do not leave you because you brought the sheep along do also you stay within the stay in the state of, of, of the ihram 
And thus we saw it was the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ali, and only one elderly person who stayed in Ihram, everybody else was in a was not in the state of Ihram, having to perform the first time the the Tamattu Hajj. Subhanak. Jabir informed us then thereafter about the total amount of sheep that was brought by Ali radiallahu an from Yemen. And he said, and that plus what the Nabi sallallahu brought back together was a total of a hundred sheep altogether. And then everybody else left the, the, the state of Ihram and, 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 and then they trimmed their hair, which means they got out of the Ihram. And on the eighth day, the Yawm Tarbiyah, the eighth day of the Hijjah, they all went to Mina and they re-entered into the state of Ihram. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took charge on, in Mina with the various salah, the salah of Dur, salah of Asr, salah of Maghrib, and the salah of Aisha. And then the, the, the next morning, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did the salah of, of, of Fajr. And he waited a little until the sun started to rise. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then set out, um, uh, set out to... to to Arafah, the Quraysh was under the impression that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would do what he, what they had done, not to go to to Arafah first, but to go to Mash'ar al-Haram. But the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam traveled through, right through, to Arafah, where a tent was set up for him at the area which we call today Masjid al-Namira. And there a tent was set up, and the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam went in, went into and went uh, when he arrived at Arafah. At the tent of Namira, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stayed there under the door and went to, to rest, to relax, to sleep. And at the bottom of the valley, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at the waqt of door, or just before the waqt of door, the Nabi asked for water to take wudu and to prepare himself. He got onto his camel and he addressed the people from that moment onwards. That is where we came to the end of our, the, the situation where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as for our, um, what we've done in the lesson prior, we then saw that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam started to, to address the message, the people, and we are going to look at, at at this message, and I think it's vital for everybody, and especially those people who goes for Hajj, to be able to take this message. Remember, it is the message of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam on Hajj, the khutbah that every person needs to listen to. Now there is people doing the khutbah today on Hajj, but at least everybody must be able to understand the khutbah of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yes, every khutbah must be able to encapsulate every detail of what is in the Hajj message of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And listen to the words of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He says, "Verily, your blood and your wealth are in a state of ihram, like the sacredness." Of the, this day, the day of Arafah, in this month, the month of the Hijjah, in this land, the land of Makkah, which means Makkah is sacred, and the the month of the Hijjah is sacred, and the day of Arafah is sacred. But similarly, your blood and your wealth as Muslims are equally sacred. And Muslims, we must. You know, what is meant by your blood is sacred? Meaning, we cannot harm the the next Muslim because of their blood. We do not harm them. Neither their wealth should we abuse or harm them through that. 
Excellent. She is going to be continuing further on, inshallah. Sheikh Tafadal. Shukran Jazakallah for that one, T.S. Mina. Just before the break, we went to the, the, the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the starting off with the khutbah of on Arafah, and the Nabi says, Verily, your blood and your wealth. And we were saying what's meant by blood, meaning the fact that each and every of and one of us have got blood, which means our life, right? Verily, your life and your possessions are sacred by Allah, like the sacredness of this day, the day of Arafah, of this month, the month of the Hijjah, this land, the land of Makkah. These are all sacred things. And similarly, the Nabi Sallallahu spoke to all of us as Muslims and said to us, you are equally as sacred and so is your wealth. We then do not harm a next person. We do not take his life. Neither don't we as Muslims harm the, take the wealth or uh, do harm to the wealth of an Muslim. May Allah protect all of us. And we see these type of things are happening frequently, freely amongst the Muslim Ummah today. That the blood of other Muslims or other human beings are taken and as Muslims and the wealth of other Muslims and people are, are harmed and, and, and we do not think anything. And it's such an important message for every one of us that are Muslim, for every listener, for everyone who wants to be a real Muslim forever in our life. More so is the message for the Hujaj that they need to recognize. And thus the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said those words on Arafah, on his message to the Hujaj, to all the Hujaj. Remember, every other Hujaj, every other human being must be honored. Every human being that's Muslim must be honored. You go out of your way, you break your back, you see that you are Muslim in your way that you deal with other, other Muslims. Because the way you deal with other Muslims make you a Muslim. Or otherwise, you enter the opposition of being a Muslim, not Muslim, and that means you then are happy as being a kafir, but you have a Muslim name. Now, the Billah, may Allah to protect, that we recognize this is our Nabi speaking to you and to me, and he's saying to us in our face, you're better or else. Realize that every Muslim's honor must be looked after, every Muslim's Life must be preserved, and every Muslim's wealth, I must go out of my way to preserve and protect that. If I want that from others, you and me, I better see that you and me, we love to do that as Muslimin. More so to the Hujaj, may Allah open the path. Then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went on and he says, Everything pertaining to the days of ignorance are hereby abolished under my feet. Everything, meaning all the actions and behaviors that people had in the time of Jahiliyyah that is contrary to this deen of Allah, is being rejected, is put to an end, is put to, and, and, and I put it under my feet, meaning in the Arabic language, if you say something is under your feet, meaning it is now come null and void of no value. So we must look at our Islam. Are we living the life of Western Christian, harmful, negative, uh, 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 cultural um, matter in our life other than what Islam wants because the Nabi says it came to an end jahiliyyah, ignorance stupidity, not doing what Islam wants for us to do has come to an end in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa on the Hajj of the Nabi sallallahu already in the 10th he has come to an end for each and every one of us for every Muslim, everyone that considers ourselves Muslim it has come to an end then already, more so to the people that perform Hajj that they need to realize, I cannot then apply my customs and my cultures. And this is not 
If it's not within what Allah and His Rasul wants, it comes to an end. It's been nullified to every extent. The Rabbi says, it's under my feet. That's what the Nabi Sallallahu says to us, and this is what we need to understand here. When he says to us that everything pertaining to the days of ignorance are hereby abolished under my feet. And then he went and he said, the blood money of the days of ignorance is abolished. Which means there has been uh, blood monies that's been owed by certain people when you harm or kill somebody. But there's been a method that has been un-Islamic to that. Year from year onwards, Islam takes over and it comes to an end whatever people has been living with prior to then. And the Nabi Sallallahu says, and the first blood money I abolish is our blood money, the blood money of Rabi ibn Harith, who was being nursed by the tribe of Sa'ad and was killed by Hudayl. Right? Now Hudayl has been, because there's been certain things that, that people has done, so blood money must be paid. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi indicated very clearly that it has come to an end. The method of what Allah and His Rasul wants for us to do, what people have done in the past in time of Jahiliyyah and the ignorant part time, certain things has been carried out. Our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi did not change him. But from now onwards, nothing is going to be remaining the same as what has happened in the time of Jahiliyyah. It has come to total end. And the lifestyle of what sends by Allah and His Rasul, that takes preference and that makes me Muslim. And I actually make the decision that I, inshallah, will be loving that and see that that is the priority in my life and the life of my children and the environment. If I and my children and my family want to be Muslim and we want to be of those people who will be taken away from the wrongs and the harms and be able to move to Allah's Jannah and being pardoned and be forgiven. The hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa pertaining to the khutbah carries on. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then says, the interest that people are taking on, on wealth, the excess, the, the riba processes that there is, of the days of jahiliyyah has come to an end. Which means riba should not be part of the life of the Muslim ever. It is part of the ignorant times. So all the riga, riba uh, uh, Transactions that there is to be found today in Muslims' life has been already been abolished by the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Has brought an end to it. The unfortunate thing is, these are the things that the, the human beings are living with, and we accept it. And Nabi sallallahu mentioned to us in other hadith that it's going to be given so many false names, uh, harmful, negative, or beautiful names. We're going to give to the riba process. The riba process, it's it's as destructive as Total destruction. It is the worst form of slavery for man, as to enslave others, as to be able to 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 make the 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 the, the, the rich man richer, where he steals the hak of others, and it actually creates that the poor person remains poor, and he never ever has the opportunity to be able to develop. It is the sense of kufr. It is against Allah. It is as wallah. I swear by Allah. It is the sense of kufr when we entertain the riba systems, and then when we give it. All the beautiful names. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says this on Arafah. It's the khutbah for all the hujaj. But it's also the importance that we need to understand as Muslims. It is the final khutbah for us. When the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described it to us. As Muslims, what we should be doing. How we should be able to create our mindset. What we should be doing. And so, 
No hojaj comes back home And then one just still live in the facade Of the haram And the negativity And the ignorance of jahiliyyah And goes back there It's not possible that you can obviously get a hajj magbulah mabrur No, you will never get it You cannot get it And then no seconds can it be given to you Because you prefer not to want to accept The process given to us by Allah and His Rasul So it's not me saying it to you I'm saying what is it that can make you Come back with a Hajj Makbul and Mabrur and be vibrant and be meaningful and be Muslim and be the true slave of Allah and committed to want to be a better person and or as much as I want to give you the positive, it would be it would be foolish not to give you the negative because we, the reason why the negative has been given to the person to let us understand that we do not fall in that process again, that we don't go back there. In the words of Sayyidina Omar when he says the beauty of a person who has been an, a, a kafir, a wrongful person is, he knows what kufr is, he, what, he knows what the wrong is, and he knows what is it that, that, that they've lived by. And so now that he enters into Islam, he appreciates it, and he makes a pure intention, I've been there, I hate it to have been there, and I don't ever want to go there. Now you and I might not have been kafir. But we've lived a life that's reality. If we cannot admit where we've been, if we cannot realize where we're supposed to be as Muslims, we will never get there. We will never ever get there. And then we live a dream life and we dream that we, we, we need to be given all the greatness. Remember on Hajj? The sins is forgiven as a guarantee. Wallahi, I swear by Allah, there's no guarantee in your whole journey of Hajj. The only guarantee that there is, is the guarantee of your Hajj, of your sin being forgiven in totality. That's the only guarantee. Whether you ask Allah for forgiveness or not, it is the only guarantee. You don't need to even once beg of Him to forgive you. He's the only gift that He's going to give you undoubtedly. Undoubtedly is the fact that He's going to grant us to be able to be forgiven in totality. The question of Hajj Magbun and Mabrur is hard work, is effort, is commitment. There's no guarantee, zero guarantee to that. It depends on your understanding, your commitment, you wanting to be that better person, you wanting to be the righteous Muslim. You don't mean, I, I, I am now forgiven, now I can go back to my life and carry on. Na'udhu Billah, may Allah protect. And we're not saying this because we undermine anybody. We want people to realize where we are and how is it that we need to be able to move on. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to us, and so the issue of, of riba has come to the end. And then he says, the riba processes that is that I abolished of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says that it's the, the riba, the first interest payment that I abolish is the interest payment due to Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. Sayyidina Abbas and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to, to borrow people money. And then he says to people that I am going to grant you or I'm going to give you this money and I want 10% on it or 50% on it or 90% on it or even 100% on it as what is happening today. Uh, you borrow a rand, they say to you, you must pay back two rand. Now that process is that's riba. That's that's uh, uh, that, that's that the riba process is, is known to us as interest. It's not accepted. It is against the law of Allah. The person doing it says Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the person accepting to be able to do to respond to repay, both of them is a fire of jahannam. Naudu billah for the severity of this that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam could have shown that.
The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abram speaking to us more on the Hajj of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi and also paying particular attention to the khutbah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi that was made on the Hajj. I'm handing over to Sheikh to continue where she has stopped, and Sheikh paying specific attention this time or today in terms of the khutbah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sheikh Tafadul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one, Yasmina. Um, in, we, we, we just read the processes of what happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam speaking on the khutbah of the importance of the fact that the riba processes has been banished um, that, that, and the Nabi says especially the, the, the riba that was done to his uncle, given to his uncle we are not supposed to pay riba and we might not be supposed to be able to put people under pressure that makes things difficult if you can assist him, you assist him and you make an agreement with him, but the process of riba, where people pay more than what they actually borrow from you, is not a process of what Islam has has given to us or permitted us to do so. And then the Nabi sallallahu and he made he made it clear. He says all those things have been abolished, and then he says, "Fear Allah concerning your wives, your women. You have taken them on a security from Allah, and they have been made permissible to you." To live by and live with by the using the words of Allah. When you say Qabil to Nikaha, you've actually done so. However, it says in the Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the matter pertaining to woman is one, but the woman also has a responsibility. Their duty is not to allow you to allow those who you disapprove to come into your home. And that you and, and that you as, as as woman must be able not to just when your husband disapprove of you having to interact with with, with neighbors and people of that nature or befriend people that's not going to be healthy the duty of the woman is as a fart like the husband must be able to look after now i'm saying this because we live in a world today where quickly the woman can say to the husband ya majemudi ya majemudai but it's not, she's not prepared to want to say what is my duty and what am I supposed to do. And the Nabi says, the duty is if your husband instruct and tell you that you cannot go around to friends and to neighbors and, and to this, and you can, cannot sit here and there, and you may not allow people into your home, certain people, then that is what you need to break your back for. As a woman, you know, need to go the million miles to see that this is what you do for the benefit of the family. Because you otherwise is the corruption of the family. Your base is the corruption as a woman to the family. You corrupt your husband. You corrupt the family. You corrupt your children. You distort everything. But this is what women is doing in today's lives. They feel I have my own, I have my own right. Your right is when you got married that you respect and revere. The greatest thing that you can do in submission to Allah in your marriage is submission to Allah in marriage is not salah, it's not zakah, it's not fasting. The greatest thing is that you work towards finding your husband's satisfaction. That's the greatest thing. The salah, that is your right towards Allah and Allah alone. Your right towards your marriage that gives honor and reverence to your marriage is that if your husband wants something and that you break your back, you go the million months. You see, as long as he is not disobedient to the law of Allah. If he is violating the law of Allah, then unfortunately, you don't need to serve him then. You don't need to be the slave of him then. He needs to become a human being. He needs to become Muslim. He needs to be the slave of Allah first. And if he is that, then by necessity in your marriage, you must be able to see that as a woman folk, you need to understand 
And I, I'm saying this for first and foremost for the Hujaj. That they need to understand, if I want my Hajj to be accepted, I must make the right conviction. I must make the resolutions in my life. I want to come back a better woman, a better wife, a decent mother to my family, and a decent person that can serve Islam and serve the cause of Allah Ta'ala meaningful. That's part of our necessity of wanting to see. But Allah has given the responsibility to the husbands, not only them first and then to the woman. Shukran so much for that. We are going to be continuing on where she stopped Sheikh Tafadil. Shukran Jazakal Khad for that one, Auntie Yasmina. We were speaking on the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was telling us the importance of the fact that we need to understand that when we are married, we have women folk under, in, uh, in our life, and that we need to fear Allah to pertain to the way we deal with them. Women, uh, we must be able to revere women. Women has got certain weaknesses within them in the making that Allah has created them, not as a means to insult them when we say that. That is the nature that has created, Allah created them. And thus Allah gives them the responsibility of certain things, not with other things. And giving males certain responsibility of what Allah doesn't give females. Now to be able to be the person in the process of a woman, She's going to be treated in a certain way with respect and honor and dignity because she's going to be the support structure of yours. But she's going to become the mother of your children. She's going to become the wife of the, the, the wife of yours. She's going to be the person whom you're going to need to be able to look after. So the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to, the, to us, fear, fear the woman, fear Allah pertaining to your woman in the way of, remember you've taken them with the conditions that you've made with Allah, in the permissibility with Allah, in the words of Allah. But the Nabi then immediately said, they also have a duty. They should not allow anyone who you are disapproval of to enter into your home. If, if they should, says the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi you have the right for spanking. You can actually give them a, a hiding, but it mustn't be bruisingly. Meaning, it mustn't be, you need to be able to let them feel uncomfortable. They need to feel and know our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is disapproval of them. And they are going against the law of Allah. They are breaking down the process of Islamic society. They being the, the door opening up the fire of Jahannam to their family. If they open the fact that, go against what you the husband wants from them. And Allah will benefit them and give barakah into their lives if they go to the extent to worship you, or to be, not to worship you, to be able to, to be obedient to what you say, uh, and carry out, uh, if, if they, the woman, do what they must do, simply to be able to realize that that is the ibadah of their greatest ibadah, that they must be able to show the response of having to honor their homes and their husbands. Thus the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us in other hadith, when the husband is totally satisfied and the wife has done everything to serve the process of the family and have been there to be able to be obedient to her husband and to serve him, and I don't mean she's serving him as a servant. She serves him to be able to serve the cause of Allah. And if she does that, then Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala will grant her all doors of Jannah to enter into. Every door. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. What an honor. May Allah grant her the, uh, woman the understanding. The Nabi mentions the hadith that if they are making the ibadah that they should, and if they do their salah that they should, and if they go for the hajj that they should, and their husband is satisfied with him, subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us khair and barakah for all of us, males and females. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam carries on. 
And he says that uh, from you, the males, your wives have a right of food, which means your duty is as husbands that you must be able to acquire the food and the clothing according to what is customary, says the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Meaning, you must be able to look after their food, to give them something to eat and to drink, and they must have clothing. In other ahadith, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described it as to what is customary, that they need to be at least twice a year a dress to be bought. Twice a year for the one for the summer season and one for the winter season. Now, if we think at our life today, Ya Allah, man, ik niet weer ook wat krijg. Dit is wat de Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaching us, right? Nou, ik wil elke wedding wil ik nog een dress hee. Ik moet niet die een rock aan trek bij die andere breitie. Ja, ik moet een paar schoenen het en een doek het en ik moet een amelaya het en ik moet, alles moet different wees. Elke dag dat ik meer nog wedding kom, this is un-Islamic. This is not Islam. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Two, one for winter and one for summer. One, one for winter, one for summer means I have two, which in the event I the one must be cleaned, I have another one to be able to dress. No, yes, at least two. So if you can afford something better, give them another one. Give them, uh, but what we're doing today is opening the door for an Islamic processes where we have unnecessary while there's so many other people that's Muslim like our brothers and sisters which don't have and yes we only satisfied with ourselves now the Billah may Allah open the path so we need to realize how fortunate and how rich we are how much we spend unnecessary and how greedy we are we only serve our greeds and our wants and we're not serving the needs and we're not serving what Allah and His Rasul is guiding us to May Allah protect all of us. And it must probably this is not you. It's probably me and I uh, have got more short shortcomings than what all of us say. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Thereafter, I have left behind two things for you. If you adhere to it, you shall never go astray. The book of Allah and my sunnah. You will be questioned about me, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The reference is you'll never be able to go astray if you're fast to the book of Allah, which means the book of laws, of commands, telling you what to do, how to be a Muslim. What? So we never need to ask the question of what, what uh, uh, As a Muslim, it's our duty to seek to understand the book of Allah so that we can implement that in our life, and that makes us Muslim. But if you hold fast to the book of Allah, you will never go astray, says Nabi sallallahu alaihi And the other thing, the sunnah of the Nabi Muhammad, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Said to the Sahaba radiallahu alayhi You will be questioned about me What shall you say? What is it that you will say? The people responded and said the Nabi To the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam We be witness That you Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Has conveyed your message Has discharged your duty And has advised all of us sincerely and that you've left no stone unturned when it comes to this, this deen. He then raised, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then raised his index finger towards the sky and pointed at, towards the people and said, he uh, raised his finger to the sky and they said, Oh Allah, fashhadi, oh Allah, be testimony to what the people are saying. Oh Allah, be testimony to what the people are saying. Oh Allah, be testimony to what the people are saying. 
Then the call for the for the for the for the waqt of dhuhr was made, or for the prayer was made, and there was one adhan made with two iqamas, one adhan and one iqama, and that was the iqama for the waqt of dhuhr, and. And the, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made the Dhuhr Salah and made two rakats for the Dhuhr Salah. And then the Akama went for the, for the, for the, uh, uh, for Asr Salah and two rakats was made. So what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did, he joined the, the, the Dhuhr and the Asr to make together with one Adhan and two Iqamas. And there was no other Sunnah Salah made by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. At, at that time. Now this is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa who is the teacher to all of us. And he says, take from you, from me, your pattern of hajj. And this is what he did. And he made the dhuhr salah two raka'at. And he made the asr salah two raka'at. It is not the business of the Shafi, Hanafi, Hanbali, Maliki to say anything else. If the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did that, he is the only teacher to teach us. And he is the only one to guide us. We should be doing it exactly as he told. For if he did it, Unless he's not a full prophet. Unless he didn't do his job properly. Because how else could he? If he was the messenger of Allah, he should be doing his job properly. And that is exactly what he did. And that's what the people said to him in Arafah. You've done your job perfectly well. May we be of those who realize that we need to be able to follow his path as he has guided us to do in this world and especially on Hajj. I mean, shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Very inspiring. For now, as you heard before, we were speaking about Hajj, and that was, of course, the Hajj of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That was, of course, speaking about how the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam went uh, on Hajj, and also for us to have the guideline in terms of allowing ourselves to perform the Hajj like the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. However, we are now going to be focusing on something that partook, and that was over the weekend, which we didn't quite have enough time about, and that was. Uh, that took place on the 15th and the 16th and I'm sure that you were aware of it that's of course the Hajj excursion but for now we are going to be, we are joined online by uh, two of the participants and that is none other than Mr. Halib Christians as well as Malina Zakaria Belcham to speak to us more on what the feel was like what the experience was like as well as how they understood the uh, excursion to be Assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I've got both online being uh, Halib Christians as well as Molina Zakaria Belcham. Now I'm going to be asking the questions in terms of if anyone wants to answer first, then they can go ahead. First of all, we as the listener, those who did not attend the excursion, are still in suspense as to where the excursion took place. So inshallah, maybe if one of you can maybe address us as in, as in terms of how the excursion took place on the 15th, inshallah. We just thought, subhanAllah, it was a magical journey. We did not expect anything other than what was delivered to us. And Alhamdulillah, Sheikh gave us a fantastic time. From the start, we will meet in Majid al in Ottery. And that was for Fajr. We made our Fajr Salah together. And we were then transferred to a hike up Table Mountain, Hawaii Constantia, which basically started our magical journey. And subhanAllah, the weather was fantastic in the conditions, and it was raining and the wind was blowing, but it did not matter being that we were on this journey and the spiritual upliftment and the guidance that she gave us throughout the whole weekend. 
Excellent. Now also looking at the guidance as well as the spiritual upliftment that was given throughout the weekend, what were some of the subject matters that was covered over this excursion? Well, we started from the hike and looking over Cape Town and what's, what's below us, and the message that you gave us um, was basically about reflection. It's something that you don't get to do when you're busy with our daily lives, looking at what everything is happening at the bottom of the houses, the roads, the cars, the traffic, and it's just taken away from all of that, and it's time to reflect on all those greatness. And one of our ladies that were with us gave a talk, um, which was accredited to one of the summer chief facilitators, which did a fantastic job, which basically explained to us that, you know what, just on reflection, that is better than a day's fast and a whole entire night in Ibarra, just to reflect on all those greatness. And that came to us so strong from the start that we started on this journey. And it just escalated from the, from, I could say that, subhanAllah, um, the great experience that we were taken on a blindfold walk. We were giving this red bandanas to close our eyes. We couldn't see the honest of darkness. And we followed the chain. We were led, not knowing where we were going to. And when it came to the part, we had to unfold and take our blindfold off. We were standing in the middle of the cover sun. Mm-hmm. And that's subhanAllah, was just a great affliction because the talks, on the way and before that in preparation. So Hanna Sheikh was talking about preparing for death, which is something that we don't really do in our daily lives. We take everything for granted. And to spend that time in the cover sun, walking there blindfold and not knowing where we're going and what's going to be happening, when you're going to die, subhanAllah, that in itself is what it affects for us to make sugar and be grateful for what Allah subhanAllah has given us on a daily basis. Beautiful. Shukran so much for that, uh, Maulina. And for now, I think I want to turn some focus to uh, Mr. Halib Christians in terms of looking at uh, some of the experiences that he has had. Assalamu alaikum, Maulina. Was that Mr. Halib? <laughs> Excellent. So I'm going to be turning some focus to Molina. Sorry for that confusion. But turning some focus to Molina in terms of Molina, what was your experience going on in terms of the excursion? Yes, Alhamdulillah, we benefited a lot, like uh, Brother Khalid said. What was outstanding for me was that the fact that um, Sheikh actually took you on a journey that um, not only reflecting on our daily life, but also on the year after and how we should prepare ourselves to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. And, uh, and Shaykh um, brought our attention to how the Sahaba radiallahu anhum used to dig a grave, uh, a grave in the yard and, and go lay in it and cover it just to get the feeling of how alone a person will be in the Qabr. And to give us um, some insight into that, Shaykh actually um, woke us up um, 4 o'clock in the morning and took us into the into the Qabr, in the Qabristan at the Constantia, where we actually um, went and um, Sheikh explained how Nabi Wasallam would come out in the morning and look at the sky and, and, and ponder over the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and its vastness. And then Sheikh actually sent us to a um, uh, to one of the graves and we had to make dua for that person and also imagining that maybe it might be us laying there and we might be in a state that is not favorable for us. So it really um, took me to another level of understanding that how we are so unprepared for this mm-hmm. and how much preparation we must still make, subhanAllah, for this journey. 
Excellent, Maulana. Shukran so much for that. And then also, I just want to go, go on to the point where Mr. Halib said in terms of it was a means of reflection when he was mentioning the points and when he was mentioning that uh, they, they, they went like a small little hike and then there was a moment of reflection in terms of looking back at, uh, at yourself and so forth. But how did that moment of reflection have an impact on personality-wise as well as how you're going to be living your life now after the excursion. And and yeah, anyone is uh, available to answer, inshallah. I mean, on, on the reflection part of things, you know, we, we are so bothered just about the physical, physical part yes. of things. Even with Hajj itself, it's a physical journey, physical journey. But actually a physical couple on the same level with a spiritual journey. And that is what Allah subhanahu wa wants both. And that's what she basically gave to us in the sense of it's important to know that your physicality, but the physicality goes coupled together with your spirituality. And you know what? We sit in a lot of classes, we go behind classes, we learn, we listen to talks, we listen to a lot of theory. But the practical part of that theory is what's actually more important is a huge advantage and gone on this other experience, which is giving all that practicality that obviously boosts up your spirituality and that allows you to reflect more on what others has given you. And even what Sheikh Subhanallah explains in my head, that we don't realize on the, even on the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and just on Yahya Qayyum. And what greatness that is, one of the greatest names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah is all living. And we say it so much even in Ayatul Kursi, and if we come to Yahya Qayyum, we don't reflect on exactly what we're saying. And Ayatul Kursi itself, when Sheikh gave the download of Ayatul Kursi, is going to be illustrated in your mind, is going to stay in your heart. Shukran so much for that, uh, Mr. Halib Christians. And then also, Malina, from your point of view, how did the excursion impact on your life personally? Yes, uh, what I realized, um, like we also discussed um, on the on the excursion, that we we definitely look at life differently now. We see um, uh, the things that we have done previously, um, decisions that we maybe uh, regretted in the past, and. Uh, like uh, we also mentioned on the excursion that now we realize that we actually have to rectify um, and, and learn from the mistakes that we have made in the past. And, and just to latch on to what Brother um, Holly just said now, that what I also realized that um, on the ex- this excursion, Sheikh um, actually brings your Iman to a level that actually prepares you for Hajj. You know, like um, mm-hmm. Brother Holly said, that you know you learn a lot of theory in the Hajj class, mm-hmm. but when you go to when you go to Makkah and, 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 and you go for Hajj, you know you are not um, actually um, spiritually prepared to what you are going to to encounter. And sometimes it takes two to three days before a person actually gets into the right uh, mindset um, for Hajj. But here, Sheikh actually goes and he prepares your mind and soul for the Hajj, Allahu Akbar, it is, so, it is so great that you actually, before leaving your home, you already know what what is expected from you on this journey, subhanAllah. Shukran so much, the voices there of the participants that uh, attended the Hajj excursion that took place on the 15th and the 16th, and that is none other than uh, Mr. Harley Christians as well as Malina Zakaria Belcham. Now, just ending off before I let go, in terms of the the excursion overall. What were the highlights for both uh, Mr. Halib as well as Malina? What were the highlights for you in terms of the excursion? Subhanallah, um, and exactly in that Subhanallah, Sheikh explained to us, and we'll be actually doing a piece of it in terms of just saying Subhanallah. How do we say Subhanallah? 
He says, subhanAllah, we must do everything you desire, you recognize in your Allah, who you are, knowing who your Allah is, that Allah is the most greatest. And just on, always just saying, subhanAllah, 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 there's not just that quick and easy that you just take it at subhanAllah, and Sheikh explained it to us, and alhamdulillah, and Allahu Akbar. And those three reference to Allah subhanAllah, it's not going to be the same, same those three. And if I might just add, that this whole weekend costed us 200 and subhanallah, 200 and you know what it was, 200 and get you. And accredited to Sheikh and his team, the professional facilitation that they gave us, I am highly impressed. So was my wife. We had a fantastic time. And it was a true hard experience because we even got our grief battery carrying your back. And with um, your snacks and your, the breakfast was fantastic. The meals work, subhanAllah, work fantastic, and then really, really to keep good chaos, alhamdulillah. Shukran so much for that, uh, Mr. Khalif Christians, as well as Molina Zakaria Belchim speaking to us more on the experience of the excursion. So just one last note, on the last note in terms of uh, Molina Zakaria, looking at the excursion that uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams had, the 15th and the 16th. Was it the first time that uh, the excursion was attended by yourselves? Yes, it was the first time that I uh, attended the, the excursion with Sheikh. And um, I was very optimistic before the excursion because Sheikh was um, really um, kept uh, everything uh, a secret and he, and he wanted to surprise us. You know, we didn't know where we were going and what we were going to do. All Sheikh just told us that, um, you know, you're going on a spiritual and a physical uh, excursion. And after the, the first hike that we had, and we learned so much from just that hike, just walking up and, and looking at things differently. Sheikh opened your mind to different things around you, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we came down and, 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 and we, and we um, discussed it, what we actually learned from the hike, you know, Sheikh said, um, are you ready for, for, for what lies ahead? And, um, and we were more curious, you know, that what, what, what could still be happening. And, and, and subhanAllah, Sheikh just said, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. And you know, when, when, when we saw the rest of the program, Allahu Akbar, you know, I've been telling everybody that I've met since Sunday, and everybody um, is asking me, when is Sheikh going to have such excursion again? And, and inshallah, I hope uh, with the support of VOC, and I also told Sheikh that I would also avail myself to make this, this, this excursion more often for, for the people of Cape Town, inshallah. I mean, inshallah. Shukran so much to you, Malina Zakaria. And then also, uh, Mr. Halib, was this the first time attending an excursion or, or not? This was the very first time. Alhamdulillah, I was in Hajj in 2008. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, inshallah. with my wife, my father, Alhamdulillah, I look around all our deceased, and I took the girls, inshallah, and my mother. But there's a bit of pain in my heart because I've got some close friends going for Hajj this year, and I so wish they could have experienced this weekend mm-hmm. in terms of preparation. And there's something that, 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 that Sheikh also had us basically have the honor to experience was the tafsir of Surah Hajj, Surah 22, and just the first five ayahs. And just reflecting why the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts Surah Hajj with reference to Qiyamah, and when we started unpacking that and doing the tafsir of that, but it's going to definitely send all our hujaj on the fantastic Beautiful. Shukran so much to you, Mr. Halib Krishnas, as well as Malina Zakaria, uh, speaking to us more on your experience. And I wish you all of the best in future, inshallah. Um, inshallah. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum.
Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So there you have the 15th and the 16th of this month, July. That was when the Hajj excursion took place and that was by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And that was some of the participants or two of the participants that participated within the Hajj excursion. That's none other than Khalib Christians and Molina Zakaria Belcham. For now, we do have a few minutes left before we head over into our Asr broadcast. Just making a note there that the Waqt of Asr will be at 15.38. The Adhan for Asr will be at 15.38, inshallah. And I feel that now I want to turn some focus to Sheikh, inshallah, sitting here in studio, looking at uh, some of the excursion, like positive, everyone has been saying positive thoughts in terms of the excursion happening. And they have they went on to the excursion and they were thinking, is Sheikh going to have another one in future? Sheikh? What was Sheikh's thoughts having interacted with the numerous of people and doing an excursion such as this, Sheikh? Yes, uh, uh, Alhamdulillah. Uh, I, I need to say if there's one person who said to us, and it's the producer, Voice of the Cape, who said um, that, Sheikh, please let us have another one of this nature. Um, and, and she said, I hope it's going to be very, very soon. Alhamdulillah. Yes, with the help of Voice of the Cape, we can probably do many of these things to happen. Um, I wish Allah grant me the health and the strength to be able to deal with our people in this processes and that the community can come to understand what we're busy with. We're not here wanting to be able to take people on difficult paths and uncomfortable matters, but so that people, that we can actually all grow and develop. And there's many avenues that there's need for growth and development in us. Um, we, we, especially in the modern world, we live in a world that is uh, bogging us down to finances. Bunging us down to, to, to certain things. We're not growing holistic. We're not developing as Islam expects of us to do. And I'm not saying this because I'm thinking bad of us. No, I love you for the sake of Allah. It is this concern of bringing back the, 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 the sense of realizing exactly where we are and having to say, now what steps must be taken? Now you say the steps must be taken as I can probably say to you over the radio, this is been taken. But the moment you go into an excursion, you become so vibrant, your mind participates, and you take so many lessons. Like many a time we listen over the radio to things, and we're very, very busy. But when you go into an excursion, you participate inside, you're psychologically part of it, you, you're physically part of it, and you deal within that matter. And thus the excursion goes to the extent of wanting to say to the people, you need to come out of your luxuries, out of your homes, and, and go out into the path where you actually can grow and see yourself and develop further, inshallah. That we all grow, inshallah, and we all develop, and we come to realize. And inshallah, if this needs, we inshallah hope to be able to see that there will be such excursions of the future, inshallah. Shukran jazakallah Let me make the final dua if you do not mind. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahi ar-rahman ar-rahim, wal-asr inna al-insana lafi husr, illa al-lazina amanu wa'amilu al-salihat, wa tawasaw bil-haqqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr, wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa salim. Subhanakallahum وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين. الحمد لله رب العالمين. And that then concludes our madrasa on a program for now. Stay tuned tomorrow, inshallah, when we have another one.